Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. You know, physical fitness takes on a different meaning for everyone. What it means for me is probably different than what it means for you. But our guest today, Derek Johnson, is back for part two in the conclusion of an amazing interview where he's been sharing his mission of helping others tap into their true potential both physically and mentally. Your mental attitude towards life is critical. And Derek Johnson has the background to help you. Amen. Derek has come from a childhood of being bullied. And as a shy child, he struggled. But physical fitness became his outlet. And Derek is also an Army veteran, a life coach, a trainer, and someone who shares his mission of helping others to tap into that potential. So let's jump right back into the interview now with Derek Johnson. I don't even like wearing headsets. I just like being alone with my thoughts. And, yes. you know, when I was out running, like I said an easy run for me was, you know, like, oh, I haven't got very much time. Let me just do five miles. You know, type thing, yes. you know, because I could do five miles in less than an hour, like 45, 50 minutes, you know. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, thinking about what needs to be done today, how I'm going to accomplish this. I got this problem I need. How, what, what is a solution to this problem? I'm just alone with my thoughts as I'm running, you know. I tried running with the music and all that. And I was like, ah, get this out of here. You know, it was just yes. distracting. It was making the run seem longer to me, you know. Okay. So I just like being alone with with the rhythm of my steps, the rhythm of breathing, you know, and and like I said that allowed me to mentally just work through problems, you know. Oh, yeah, I could try this type thing. Exactly. You know? Uh, that that was that was just for me. And you know, if I had to run with someone, like I say, we end up talking. You know, what do you think about this? You know, and then you're because you're talking, the rhythm of the breathing is off now. And I just didn't exactly. enjoy running with with other people and stuff like that. Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah. Then you start getting cotton mouth and then you're annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't want to run with him next time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He talks too much. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How does our physical fitness relate to our spirituality? Great question. So I truly believe that the individual that is more personally disciplined with their fitness, they can have a stronger level of faith. The reason why they already have that discipline, so that discipline will spill over into their faith and into any deep work that they do. Not saying others can't work on their faith, but it's just easier from a consistency and discipline standpoint. So definitely having the physical fitness is going to help with the spiritual and the faith fitness as well. Amen. And you share that we should make a list of things that we do not want. And then yes. you have what you call flip the pain and the fuel to move forward. Explain that for us. Yes, for sure. So identifying in a neutral standpoint, identifying where did that pain stem from? Was it the bully when you were 12 years old? Was it from your uncle who was maybe abusive? Was it from somebody at school? Wherever it initially began and started, pinpoint that. 
because it's very common for people to, they, they know deep down where it came from, but they never really think of it. We're not trying to put ourselves in a low or dark state. It's more so it's better to face it, write it down, really think about it and then find a solution than always pushing it off and then holding that thing inside of you. Because then it could be, you could erupt in a relationship, friendship, you can carry that into work. And it's always that other people or situations or the icing on the cake. And they just have a lot of things inside them that they haven't released. Releasing just could be having a conversation with someone, working on their faith as men. Amen. Sometimes it's good to release emotions. So if somebody needs three minutes to cry in the car, just, just release, even if they're not even sad. But first, releasing that thing on paper, release the emotions, speak to someone, pray, and then go from there. But Amen. once they release, they will look at that pain in a different light and they can actually use it as fuel as in, I'm going to make that inner child proud. I'm going to heal him or her. I'm also seeing things as a comeback story. We're all currently in a comeback story. Even if right now life is great and you're blessed, something happened in the past last year, Amen. 20 years ago, yeah. that if you look at yourself as the hero in your own movie, you are on your comeback story and somebody's guiding you, helping you along the way, especially when you're alone. So as the saying goes, sometimes you feel like you're running faster and you realize that somebody's carrying you, you're actually not running. So yeah, <laughs> and amen. usually that's God. But if people have had those experiences, then it gives them a rush. And then they can see that pain, not in a negative light. They see it as neutral and they can say, I know how to tap into that when needed because people depend on me and I need to show up a better version of myself and to make younger version proud and to realize that God has us all here for a reason to help flip our pain so we can set the example for others. So people see, wow, I didn't yeah. know Reverend went through this. I didn't know she went through that. I just thought that they were gifted or blessed. But once we peel back the layers, people see, wow, I totally relate to them. My family did this, or I, I did that as well, whatever it was. But being able to be that walking testimony to say, hey, here's the past baggage. Here's the past pain. Here I am. And here's what we can do together. But we all have a comeback story. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I love what you just said, because, you know, I believe one thing that we rarely realize is that we are influencing other people all of the time, even when we're not even aware of it. I mean, examples would be our kids or our coworkers and all that. Share a little bit of, of how many people may depend on us, some of which we may not even be aware of and how our actual fitness level may relate to that. Yes, 100%. So I actually say this out louder in my head every morning. Actually, I wouldn't say every morning. Some mornings I just wake up and I'm excited. But I make sure to say people depend on me. I don't have kids yet. Girlfriend and I have a pit bull. That's all we have right now. But we have kids in the future. But I say that to myself in my head and out loud because it puts me in a powerful state. So I say repeatedly, people depend on me. So I make sure to not be selfish and hit snooze five times keep laying in bed. So I say, you know what? I don't feel like doing X, Y, Z right now, but let me hydrate. Let me pray. Let me work out. And then from there, I know I'm going to be in an empowered state and then I can show up better for other people. So being able to be that shining light to someone else, because we've received that from someone before a, a stranger approached us in public, you get to your car and you're like, I didn't even realize I needed that two minute interaction with, with somebody. I was in, in a mental fog. I was in a low state. Somebody made your day. The old lady asked you, why'd you cho choose that pasta over this? She told you a story about her grandkids. Next thing you know, you're in the car about to break down saying, wow, that 
that gave me a rush. I didn't realize I needed that. And you're surprised that somebody actually spoke to you because maybe you felt that you were just in a low state or really angry that day. But being able to be that for somebody else, it could just be interacting with someone in public, giving someone a kind gesture or compliment. But most importantly, realizing that there's somebody always watching. It might be your neighbor down the road. He sees you go for a walk or a run. He sees you driving. They see you out in public, online nowadays. We have people that may never comment, may never message, but they're always watching things. And one day, he or she is going to say, hey, I know we've never really talked, but I've had you on Facebook for a while, and I really appreciate what you do. You post this. You posted your journey. So it's always amazing to see when things come full circle. So realizing that somebody's always watching and looking up to you, even if that person doesn't feel like anyone should look up to them, there's always somebody, their children, somebody in their family, the kid down the street or somebody online. And then most importantly is just saying, what can I do to show up as a better man or better woman to set the example? So I always look at it like that, but starting with people depend on me and God all has us here for a reason to become better. So we can set the example to others and everything comes full circle rather than just being the solo person that's yeah. like, oh, one man for it all, yeah. getting rid of that mentality and just seeing things in a team aspect of being approachable and saying, you know what, he or she carries themselves differently. There's something different about them. And they start to peel back the layers and say, wow, they've worked on themselves. They've been through this pain and trauma. They have faith. This is interesting. And then people are inspired to follow the path as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I remember the first time that happened to me, I was at a conference. I was speaking at a conference. I want to say in Georgia, but I can't remember right now, but, uh, you know, I'm walking in, you know, just kind of checking things out. And this guy came in, Hey, are you, are you pastor Bob? I go, yeah. He goes, I follow you on YouTube, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. I love your team. Don't know who this guy is, you know, but he yes. knew me. And that was the first time that I realized, wow, this online stuff is reaching other people. <laughs> you know? so, exactly. You know, and, uh, praise God. I mean, should we try, here's, should we try to achieve a level of fitness that somebody else has? Oh, I want to be like him. Or should, should that be our goal? Or should we be content with like our own fitness goals? Like, you know, I want to lose another 10 pounds or I want to run one, two miles, one minute faster, even if they're not, to impress others? Great question. So I would first get crystal clear on what that individual wants. For some, it is the aesthetic, the physical aspect where they say, you know what? I've always looked this way. I would love to test myself to see if I can get a physique like this. So in that regard, somebody could see. So like as men, they could say, hey, you know what? I really like how Captain America in the Marvel movie, I like the way his chest is, or I like Superman. So if they have an example an example could be good because it could motivate them. And they say, you know what? I'm going to do that style workout because I want to be like that. Not match the person, but they see it in a motivational standpoint. So that's person one. Person two, they could just say, you know what? I'm comfortable with myself, but I love testing myself. I would love to be able to run a marathon. And then from there, it's an individual basis. But step one is always to get crystal clear on what they want. And many people, it's hard for them to really answer it because they say vague statements. I want to get fit and healthy. Sounds great. But you ask them, what do you mean by that? And slowly they say, you know what? I haven't really thought about it. 20 pounds <laughs> down. What do I want to weigh? How do I want to look? Yeah, <laughs> and then you really start to peel back the layers and they go from a vague statement. And it, it really helps them to get some clarity, though. So really getting crystal clear on what it is. So it could be a combination of both. 
seeing the example of somebody that inspires them, or number two, seeing what they want to work on personally to really test themselves and to see, is it just fitness? Is it health? Or do I want to change the path of my family? Because most of my family is obese on one side or vice versa or both sides. And they could say, you know what, Uncle Jimmy, Michelle, whoever it is, they change things. After them, everybody wanted to start working out. So sometimes they could be the lone wolf in the family and say, you know what, I have to make a change. If they want to join the train, awesome. If they don't, awesome as well. But everything changes from that person because they say, I'm going to break the mold of us being obese, unhealthy, drinking, etc. So they could see things in that way as well. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They have to be not too specific, but they still have to be specific. I mean, you could say, I want to lose weight. Yes. And I lost one pound this week. Hallelujah. Let's go to this Dairy Queen. You know, I mean, it's stuff like that. Exactly. Know? So, uh, you know, how much weight you want to lose? You know, I mean, when I, when I started, we talked about this before the recording, 289 pounds, you know, and I said, no, I want to get down to where I was as a cop. You know, I was at 220. Yes. I said, let me let me go down to 220 and I'll be happy because everything worked a lot better at that point exactly. in time, you know. And uh, you know, and praise God, you know, within about 20 months, I was there, you know. But that's uh, awesome. It was it was uh not a fun time, you know. But uh I did get to enjoy it to start to really look forward to my salads, but Yes. <laughs> when when I started out and I'm looking at that those weeds and that's what call <laughs> those weeds in that dish, you know. Oh yeah. And I'm thinking about the the meatloaf and the mashed potatoes. Oh, man, well, you know, but you know again, exactly. mental barrier that you break through, you know, but the, to achieve a goal. As a matter of fact, I know you recommend everyone should try to achieve two things every morning, you know, one physical, one mental, just to motivate ourselves during the day that, Hey, I've already accomplished this. Explain yes. how that would work for our listeners. Great question. So in regards to the morning routine is choosing two things, one for the physical, one for the mental. So the physical could be a walk. The physical could be weightlifting or running the mental. It could be prayer. The mental could be journaling. So really choosing what empowers them in the morning. So there's no right or wrong way, but if somebody can really identify what gets them in a powerful state, then that works. So for me, I walk to my kitchen, I drink the spring water, my dog is eating in her bowl. I literally close my eyes and I feel the water go all the way to my belly button. I wake up dehydrated. As military, we just wake up sweating for no reason, even if we had the AC blasting. So I'm in the kitchen, slowly drinking my water. And I'm literally just grateful and praying as I'm drinking water. And I'm so grateful for that first glass of water. I woke up. I'm able to drink this water. I have my dog. My girlfriend's upstairs still sleeping. Blessed. That's why I try to start the morning. Maybe two minutes before that, I was annoyed for no reason, had a nightmare. But I try to be very present. And then from there, I do something physical. I'll run to the gym, hit the weight room. I'll run back home. And then afterwards, my mind is open. <clears throat> I'll either do a combination of praying or I might just write out what specifically I need to work on that week, that month. But those are my things. Yeah. Present, workout, and also just planning a lot. I love to write. But for the individual that maybe has not tried this or they tried too much, because that's another aspect is that some are too extreme. They say, yeah. I journaled, I wrote, I read four chapters, I did this, that, this, that. And it sounds amazing. It's a mental endorphin hit. 
But the rest of the day, they usually lose the momentum because they did too much. They front loaded their morning routine to like talk about how many things they did. But the rest of the day, you're like, what did you do from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m.? Well, you know, I did a lot this morning. <laughs> so I, that's why I challenge people to do two things and two things only. Because if you do too much, you don't want to burn out midday. And it's just all about empowering yourself in the morning. We're not trying to wear ourselves down all the way. You want to have more energy, be in a more positive state. So whatever that person chooses, choose one for the mental and one for the physical. Yeah. Hey, man, that's good. That's good. I like that. You know, we talked about this before the recording, but I want to get this clear so everyone can understand where you're coming from. How did you get started in this fitness business? I mean, what led you to do this? Great question. So I was the skinny kid that was bullied at home between the hours of 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. My parents would release as in after the last drink of alcohol and they would release past traumas. And at age 12, I could see in their eyes that they were not yelling at me. They were yelling through me. And what I mean by that is they did not see their son. They were just releasing whatever happened in the past. My dad was deployed multiple times. They both grew up uh, very poor. And they were the oldest of multiple siblings. So they saw a lot of things. And so fitness became my outlet because when the screaming, the yelling, the broken glass and all that was happening, I needed a way to release and I wasn't going to pick up a bottle. So I would go into the garage. I would hit the weights. I'd go on a run. Then from there, I'd feel calmer. And I made a promise to myself that I would no longer give people the reaction that they expected. And it started first with family. Then it turned into the bullies at school. And then within a two-year time period, I transformed my whole physique and my professors, my teachers, coaches, everybody just asked like, hey, what happened? You used to stutter really bad. You used to be very scared. You never raise your hand. And I became a whole different person, but it's because of the promise that I made myself. So that right there inspired me to help other people. So at age 15, I became a personal trainer and I started training my classmates and my teachers and my parents' friends. And then after that, I just kept learning more. I got more certifications in schooling, but I really fell in love with seeing the light bulbs go off for people and they would have clarity and then their confidence would go up and they would just have a higher level of excitement for life. And I love giving people that in themselves. And then from there, I knew that long-term it was going to be deeper, <clears throat> excuse me, deeper than just fitness. And I, I got inspired to get into life coaching. The big reason for that, I would see clients that I worked with months or years previously and they would lose the results. And internally, the military side is like, oh, here she's weak. But the mature side would say, I did not give him or her the mental tools that they needed to win long term. So that right there is what helped me to get inspired to really dive deeper into psychology and become a life coach. And what I do now is I just help people identify their patterns that are not serving them. We break those so they can thrive and not just survive, as in they don't push it off Holiday season is about to come. They don't push it into the closet and say, you know, what, January 1st, I'm going to get back to that thing. It's like, he's been saying that for seven years. <laughs> Let's go yeah, ahead and pull it out yeah. of the closet, face it, and Amen. get rid of whatever that thing is. Amen. Amen. What, so what's your goal for your business, and how do you see yourself achieving this goal? Great goal. So, excuse me, great question. So what I see is my veteran friends and I, we're working on workshops. So the workshops will consist of three days. We meet on a Friday, we go hiking up a mountain, we get to the top and we release. This will be males and females. So basically we're pushing each other. Some people have never been on a sports team or in the military. So that camaraderie of getting to the top, helping the person that's in the back, 
Everybody gets up top. We eat at the top of the mountain. We release. We do some prayer. We just have some good brotherhood, sisterhood, fellowship. And then on the way down, everybody's trust level in each other is deeper. And then the next day, we do breakthrough sessions. And that's where we dive deep into what exactly do they want to get rid of? Is it past traumas from family? Is it something that they carry into every relationship? Whatever that is, but that is what day two is designed for. So myself and other experts, we help them with that. But because of day one, we basically went through the trenches together to get to the top and push each other. The trust is there. So camaraderie day one, day two, the breakthrough. And then day three, we have some food, we have fun and all that. But the whole intent is after that three-day experience to give him and her the tools that they need to win long-term. And it's not a pitch fest. And what I mean by that is people have been to workshops and events where they're literally just selling from the stage and like, hey, yeah. to each their own. I understand business is business, but yeah. people pay their hard-earned money to learn something. And they're like, wait, I have to join the Platinum Club to learn the thing that I w- wanted to learn. Right. So it's nothing right. like that. It's a life-changing experience. And a big reason for it is because not many people nowadays have experienced the camaraderie at a level of the military or sports. Yeah. If they haven't experienced that, then they honestly just don't know what that support right. feels like. Yeah. So giving them that support. And then after the workshop, we all stay in touch, but giving people that in person again, a lot of what I do is online. I have a training app and I am on zoom all day, but giving people that in-person touch of myself and the team and just the support is going to be life-changing. So I definitely see us traveling the world, hosting workshops and just getting bigger and bigger groups, hiking up mountains all over the world and just having boot camps. And most importantly, seeing the breakthrough in people. Amen. Amen. I know you have a website, fitwithderek.com, and there's a lot of testimonials on there. Share with us how someone can work with you to improve their fitness level and all that. Is this online motivation only, or you just talk about a workshop that you're getting ready to plan and all that, but how, how can, how can someone get in touch with you? Great question. So they could go to fitwithderek.com, D-E-R-I-C-K.com. And on there, they'll see transformation pictures and videos of clients telling their story. Some used to have addictions to drugs or alcohol. Some have had multiple divorces. Some went through traumatic experiences. But most importantly, it's about giving them their power back from a faith-based standpoint, also fitness standpoint. So that way they feel like they have control. So Having a military background, I am very direct, but if somebody needs that in their pocket drill sergeant, <laughs> might be the guy for you. If not, hey, <laughs> we're not for everyone. But most importantly, <laughs> I just like to show real people with real results because the internet can get a little fishy. And that's why I love showing people the videos of the clients speaking about their journey themselves. And they could see the light in their eye talking about what they overcome and where they are now. But my whole intent with social media is to plant seeds. I just plant seeds as in when somebody's about to hit snooze, they might think of a video they saw and they say, you know what? He called me out in that video, (laughs) but it's all for love and support because I just don't want people to waste their potential. So it's all about empowering people. So that way he or she become the superhero that their family needs. Amen. Amen. Derek, this has been so interesting. And I totally agree. Fitness, physical, emotional, spiritual fitness. This is something each and every person needs to take seriously. I mean, folks, as you heard directly from Derek Johnson, fitness means more than just doing 100 push-ups or being able to lift 200 pounds or run a seven-minute mile. Fitness includes our mental acumen and our spiritual state as well as our physical fitness level. I mean, remember, you have a family that's dependent on you. You have coworkers dependent on you. You have you that's dependent on you. 
to make the right choices in life. Physical fitness is one of those choices. Amen. Folks, some of you are aware of this, but you know, I've lost almost 70 pounds in the past couple of years. And I had to I had to let myself go after my injury, but I had to make a decision to change. And Brother Bob's favorite pastime is eating. Okay. Amen. So if I can do it, you can do it too. Uh, well, Brother Bob, you just don't know where I'm at physically. You're right. I don't. But folks, I'd have two knees replaced because of my injury. My back's messed up. Feeling sorry for myself saw me gain almost 100 pounds. But Jesus, that's all I got to say. But Jesus, amen. When I made the decision to get healthier, things started changing. Derek, I wish I had someone like you back then that I could have gotten in touch with because I believe my fitness a little bit accelerated from what it has been. Amen. And I do appreciate everything you're doing for, for those that really need this type of help. And I do appreciate it. I appreciate so it. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, folks, you need to drop down to the show notes. Get in touch with Derek Johnson right now. Right now, while you're thinking about it. Amen. Just click the links below to reach out to Derek start taking back your life right now praise god Derek, thank you again coming on the program sharing about all your efforts to help folks get physically fit and to a better mental and spiritual state as well i i appreciate all that you're doing and for coming on the program today thank you and i appreciate what you do for everyone as well as well amen appreciate that folks that's all the time we have for today for Derek johnson myself pastor bob reminded to be blessed in all that you do Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.